Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Proverbs chapter 3. And if you do not have a traditional Bible, then open up a Bible on your smartphone. You could go to Uversion; it's complimentary, and download that. We're going to continue and conclude today our series in God We Trust. <coughs> and I want to personally thank Pastor Steve who not only wrote this series, but opened it up and uh, communicated under such a powerful anointing. And last week, I I also want to thank Pastor Mike Rovner. And as he taught, and I love the phrase that he said, I've been praying it and I even wrote it down. If we live wise, we will give wise. Or if we live wisely, we will give wisely. And I think we need that now more than ever. Our living affects our giving. And in this series, uh, it's about trusting God with our minds and trusting God with our money. And as we get to Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six, it does say trust in the Lord. That is dealing with our minds. And then it goes on honor the Lord. That is dealing with our money. And I would say we will never trust God with our money if we do not trust God with our minds, all our minds and not lean to our own understanding. And when we begin to talk about first fruits, it takes faith to give God first fruits. I want you to say this after me. Pastor Steve wrote it. I love it. I have it in my mind. I want it to stay there. Repeat this after me. Say, God wants something for us, not from us, that it can go through us. Say this after me. When we put our trust in God, he will pave the way for us. I want to say something. I want you to write down a date, November 17th. I'd like you to write that down, November 17th. And that is our Build Together offering. November 17th is our Build Together offering. And the reason why I'm saying this now, each year that we've had Build Together, which is a sacred time, it's where we as a church and as a people come together. And it's not equal amounts, but it is equal sacrifice. And so this year, Becky and I were praying, we wanted to give more than we gave. And trust me when I tell you it was a sacrifice. We emptied the coffers. Uh, to give him the offering because I'm like David in, in what he said, I don't want to give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. Offering literally has within it the connotation of a sacrifice. And so Becky and I, after last year's build together, we decided, you know what, we're going to pray right now. Lord, what is it that you would have us to give and build together 2024, which is November 17th, and let's start putting away every month that amount divided by 12 that when it comes that it's sacrificial it's in faith but we're honoring the Lord can you say amen and also I would like to say that if you've never tithed which is giving God 10% we want to uh, put out there a 90 day 
life challenge. And I will say we will never be able to outgive God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go. I know you're in Proverbs chapter 3. I'd like you to go to Deuteronomy 8, if you don't mind, because people are saying, why are you guys teaching on money and prosperity? Uh, are you one of those prosperity gospel churches? No, we are a Christ-centered church. And the Bible, believe it or not, in the Old and the New Testament, in all of Scripture, they mention the word prosperity or prosperous 121 times. And so for us, prosperity isn't about us being a fat cat. It's about establishing the, the kingdom of God. And you must know that God, when we look at the book of Genesis, it's God beginning his story with humanity. And a major word that is introduced in Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 12, and beyond is the word covenant, and that God has made not just a contract, because a contract can be broken. A covenant is irrevocable. It will not be broken on God's end. And I want you to read with me. This is Deuteronomy 818, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. One version says this gives you the ability to create wealth. And why would he do that? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And, and so why do we believe in giving and teaching on this is because the Bible teaches on it. Another thing, prosperity isn't just driving a Rolls Royce with a license plate that says bless. It is the word in the Bible at the end of our journey, at the end of our life, will it go well for us? And you could gain the whole world and lose your eternal soul. And, and so we believe that it's God's desire to prosperous, uh, prosper us. Now let's begin to read in uh, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your past. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your body or your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Will you read verses 9 and 10 with me? They're on the screen here. Yep, they're coming on the screen. Do you see that? We're going to do 9 and 10 where it says honor, but I want you to read it with a loud voice, okay? So I'm going to count to three, and you're going to read with me. One, two, three. Honor and with the of all your increase. So your barns Uh, for me, for 44 years, uh, I have read through the Bible. And I do not read the Bible. If you're cooking, you get a cookbook and you follow it along. Uh, you get knowledge and then you want to apply that knowledge. I guess there is room for us to read our Bibles like uh, a cookbook or if I need to fix um, the brakes on my car, like I'm going to do that. I don't know how to do that. I'll call Mitch Conley if I need to do that. And maybe he 
doesn't know how to do that either. God knows I'm not calling you John or Jake because they don't know how to do that. But I guess you could look at a YouTube video and it'd show you how to change your brakes. I, that's not the main reason the Bible was uh, constructed. And it was God moving upon uh, holy human beings and they wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. For me, when I begin to read the Bible, it's a dialogue because the greatest way that God would speak to any of us is through scripture. So in the morning, my pattern for 44 years is to get up with a cup of coffee, open scripture, and go to my Bible reading. If you've never read through the Bible, I'd encourage you maybe consider reading through the New Testament. Start today, one chapter a day, and in 12 months, you will finish the New Testament. Anyway, years ago, it's 20 years ago, I was reading this portion of scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. And again, I was praying reading it. So I was going to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all my ways, I want to acknowledge you and you will make my path straight. God, I don't want to be wise in my own eyes. That's not really a big challenge for me because I'm not. You know, you have to be wise to be wise in your own eyes. You know, it's not like I'm the sharpest crayon in the box. So I'm saying, I don't want to be wise in my own eyes. God, I want to fear you. I want to worship you. I want to shun evil. I want to depart from evil. No, get this part. I even prayed it when I prayed this part though I was struggling with it and I think that is something we should know when we come to the Bible and we're reading and we're praying something that we don't understand draw a question mark right there and visit it or ask the Lord or we don't agree with or it's not functioning or working in our life and when I got to verse 9 and 10 and it says honor the Lord with all your increase and uh, with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats would brim over with new wine and that meant abundance and right then what i did my bible was in my lap and uh, I just paused and I began to weep. And it wasn't like a forceful crying, but out loud, I said this, and you must know this is how we pray. Because Jesus, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray, he says, when you pray, say. And I think too many times when we try to pray, we try to impress God. And I don't think we should come to God that way. If you're struggling, he's the one you need to be telling. People all the time say this way, I'm just keeping it real. Really, I can't handle your reality keep it fake with me and keep it real with God he can handle your reality and so right then I said Lord this may work for other believers but this isn't working for me and I said these words out loud Lord we've sown we have reaped and I said but our barns are not filled to plenty in the vats they're not overflowing there's no abundance and what was I saying by saying that? I was saying Jude and Becky are living check to check. And we are giving tithes, which is 10%, and it was beyond 90 days. It's been 44 years for me and 38 in our marriage. And I said, God, this isn't working. We have no money. 
And, and I'm not joking you, God does communicate. He is a communicating God. And Tozer said, if you believe that God once spoke when the scriptures were penned, as the authors of the Bible begin to pen because they were moved by the Holy Spirit, that he stopped speaking 2,000 years ago, then there will be not only a dark mist that comes upon your mind, your perspective, but even the nation we live in, that I believe one of the greatest things that we need, whether you're in business or not, in the ministry or not, medicine, education, I think we need a strong biblical theology. And theology isn't just for a pastor or a minister, or let's say it this way, a preacher. It is for every person that is living. Because theology is a study in our thoughts on God. And God is a communicating God. So when I said, this isn't working, I've I've reaped. And I'm not joking. I felt the manifested presence of God. He came in and now Catholics would say, call it an intuition. Uh, Baptists would say I was being led. Can I just talk like a Pentecostal charismatic, one of those crazy Christian? God spoke to me. Now you said, did you hear it audibly? The impression was so clear, so vibrant. It vibrated from the inside out. And this is what he said. He said, son, I commend you for sowing and having that conviction. And I was a youth pastor at the time. And he says, as a youth pastor, you have reaped more than most. He said, it's not my fault that you did not build the barns. He said, son, it's your job to build a barn. It's my job to fill the barn. And right when you think, you're winning an argument, almost like with your spouse when you're arguing with the Almighty. He is going to flip it and use a scripture on you. And how does he know the scripture? He wrote the scripture. And I kid you not, write this down. It's Matthew 6, 26 in the Sermon of the Mount. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. It may come on the screen. It may not. They neither. Please write this down. It's God's plan for our money. Look at the birds of the air. Get these three things. They don't sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than them? And the answer is yes. See, absolutely. I don't know how to say yes in Russian. Yes. Amen. Da. You know, you got it. Da. You know, that God says yes. And so he said, and this is what he told me right then. He said, son, you've had the conviction to give. And Becky and I never, we never not tie. He said, you even had the conviction to receive. He said, but what you did not have was the conviction to build a barn. And I knew when he said barn, he was talking about our money, our accounts. We have a checking account. We have a savings account. We have a 401 account. And he said, if you had the same conviction of giving the tithe 10% and saving, you had the equal conviction of putting 10% away for 38 years every month. He said, we wouldn't be talking right now because you would have built a barn and I could have been able to fill the barn that you built. 
Are you with me on that? And so what is God's uh, plan for money? And I would say these three words, I want you to write it down. It is sow, it is reap, it is build barns, all right? Or we could say it this way, sow, reap, gather, or sow, reap, build barns. I want you to go to Genesis chapter eight. This is after one of the most cataclysmic events of world history. They had a global flood and in God, after the flood, the waters receded. There's a rainbow in the sky and the Lord speaks to Noah and his family. He's made a covenant with them. And he says this in Genesis chapter eight, verse 22, while the earth remains, do you get that? While the earth remains and it's still here, say it with me, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Man, I love Ventura winters. Oh my goodness, it drops to 60 degrees and you people have wool sweaters and Ugg boots on. You need to go where it's a real winter. That when summer comes, you are kissing the ground. You know, people last week, we come home from Seattle and it's raining here. It was raining there. And it's like, I'm done with the rain. Come on. It didn't say rain, rain, rain. It said there'll be cold and winter, rain and dry. Can we have both? Amen. Go back to this, say seed time and harvest. The word I hate in that verse is the conjunction. Remember conjunction, junction, what is your function to connect two words or two thought. Now, sometimes in the, that, that phrase, this is how it works. I'll never forget we're at church. All we have was $5. This is when you would write check. I said, babe, write a check for $5. She goes, that's all we have. I go, I know. And that's all I want to give today. And she goes, but we have a uh, wash and we won't get paid for two weeks. Who's the smart one, her? And uh, what was she doing? Trying to build a barn. I'm trying to destroy it. Amen. <laughs> By giving everything away. And so it ain't easy to give other people's money away. You know, I heard one man go, yes, I'm so generous. I said, yes, with other people's money. And so we, we're arguing on the front row. So she gives the $5, kid you not, kid you not Monday, we received a check for $500. And I love that. See time hand harvest. That's when it's good. You know what I'm talking about? See time hand harvest. Yeah, that's when it's real good. And why didn't God let it happen that way all the time? Because we would turn God into a vending machine if it happened that way all the time. I give a dollar, you give me a hundred dollars. I give a hundred dollars, you give me a thousand. I give a thousand, you give me ten thousand. Can I get in a ten thousand? I got a hundred thousand, got a hundred, I got a million, you got a million, you got a million, you got a trillion, you got a trillion, you got a trillion. Now let me tell you 90% of the time how this verse works. Seat time and five years later, and harvest. If the and is short, you would never have to trust God. You would trust in the principle and not the Lord. Are you with me on that? Everyone say so, reap. Build. Okay, go with me now to Genesis 26. 
And I love that. So, seed time and harvest. All right, here we go. And people come to Becky all the time. I have no friends. The church is so unfriendly. And she'll always, well, show yourself friendly. So, seeds of friendship. And then they come to me. I'm just a victim. I don't have any friends. It's because you're weird and unfriendly. And now you have a harvest. No one wants to be around you. And when you go to Starbucks, we have to go to Pete's because of it. If you don't like your life, change the seeds you're sowing. Okay, let's read Genesis 26. It was a year of famine, which means inflation and high interest rates. Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in that same year a hundredfold lucky and the Lord blessed him. The man began to shout it out and continued until he became very prosperous in that one verse that word is a curse word in christendom is there three times he prospered past prospering present became prosperous can i say jesus who was very rich became poor that you and i through his poverty might become rich and that's not just financial it's how to trust the lord not only with our mind but with our money and again sowing and reaping i i just want to say something to someone here i did not say it the last service probably won't say it the next the bible says while they were sleeping the enemy came and sowed tares in the land can i say if you sleep on your finances one day you're going to wake up and be in your 50s and the enemy is going to sow something destructive in your finances finances are something that we have to take the initiative, the intelligence, and the faith to begin to sow that we can reap in a later season of life. I'm going to look for an amen. Just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Amen. Okay, that was good. Okay. Everyone say sow. Now, everyone say reap. Go to Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 7 and 8. Sow and reap. It says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man, a woman, or a person sows, that will he also, what? Reap. Meaning, you sow corn, you get corn. You sow avocado seed, you get avocados. You sow peach seed, you get peaches. It is impossible to sow corn and get asparagus. It's not going to happen. We cannot get righteousness in our lives if we're sowing immorality in our lives. 80% of living is sowing and reaping. Okay, let's read this. It says, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit 
spirit of the spirit will reap everlasting life. I believe 80% of our life is sowing and reaping. If you don't, and I really mean this, areas of my life that I don't like, it's an area that I have neglected in sowing and reaping, or I have sown the wrong kind of seed. And, and I would say, if you don't like your marriage, change the seeds you're planting in your marriage. You don't like your life, change what you're planting and give it a year and you will reap a different type of harvest. I wanna stop and say this. If it took you 10 years to get in the cul-de-sac of addiction because of wrong choices sown, it may take you three months, six months, nine months to break that addiction and start planting new seeds in your life. Can you you say amen. And I believe once again, 80% of life is what goes around comes around. And I want to say my wife, Becky, is one of the most beautiful Christians you will ever meet. Uh, I, I have a flesh. I struggle sometimes. I have good days. I have bad days. I mean, if you have good days, I mean, if you have bad days, oh, I love you people. You made me feel so good. I have good days, bad days. Becky's pretty consistent in how she makes choices. And 11 years ago, when she was diagnosed uh, with lymphoma, she said these words, what did I do to deserve that? What, is she, what she was saying, hey, wait a minute. I have exercised, I eat good, you're the trashy eater, why don't you have this, you know? She didn't say that, she said, what did I do? Because she was going on sowing and reaping. And if all our theology, I wanna hear me, you need, I'm teaching you. If all of theology is sowing and reaping, we would phrase that or put that under the category of retribution theology. Meaning, if you sowed bad seed, now all the bad in your life is happening because the seed you sowed. 80% of life is that. But I know people that have sown good seed, made godly choices, and wake up and all of a sudden get a curveball from hell. And, what, where, and that's when we say, Lord, what is happening here? I thought I was trusting you. I want to say something. You and I do not need to trust God when we understand everything. We need to trust God when someone dies, when someone gets a diagnosis prematurely, when someone is a saint of all the saints, and all of a sudden they're battling something from hell. And remember what Jesus said when the disciples said, Lord, the Tower of Siloam fell on uh, people. Whose sin? Was it theirs or their family? Meaning, did they reap this? Did they sow it? Now they're reaping. He said, no. He said, In you, if you don't repent, the same thing could happen to you. So everyone say sowing, say reaping. And can I say, if you're in a season where you've done well, keep doing it. Don't give up. Because in due season, let's read this part. For he sows to the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit of the spirit will reap everlasting life. Do not faint. Don't give up. And you know what we want to do when we planted good seeds of godly choices is to give up. Don't give up. So again, 
so again so again and when you're troubled and confused this is going to sound like a platitude so where you want to go if you find yourself stuck in hell you cannot see man plant a seed in the direction where you want to go then watch out after many days it will direct you and come back to you can you say amen Let's read this. Go with me now to Amos 9.13. Famous Amos. Let's go to Amos 9.13. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. Grapes represent the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. The mountains, that's obstacles, shall drip with sweet wine. Can I say when we sow and we reap, obstacles in our life will have a presence of the Holy Spirit that we can overcome them. And all of the hills shall flow with it. Everyone say sow, say reap, say build barns. I want you to begin to think of a barn. It is a large facility that you store things, grain, food, animals, and it's usually very unattractive. You know why I think we'd rather be an influencer overnight instead of building a barn? Because barns, you don't see, you know, on the HG channel, hey, you watch this beautiful barn being built. Because usually they're not that attractive. And sowing and reaping and building barns usually aren't either. Let's read these scriptures, and I love this. Psalms 144, 13. Psalms 14, write it down. Oliver is, come on. Oliver is, let's go. That our barns may be full, supplying all kinds of produce. That our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our field. I want you to stop right there. It says that our barns may be full. This building is a type of barn. And right now, since this year, we went to three services online and in person. We're running close to 1,200. I want you to get this. It says that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our field. I was meditating on that and I really thought this church may not see 10,000 in my lifetime, but you know what? The cool thing about godly seeds, they're eternal seeds. In the natural, you plant a corn, you plant corn as seed, you only get one crop, not in heaven. In heaven, in eternity, you plant a seed, it's there. And it keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. We may have a thousands right now. It may not happen in my lifetime, but in my lifeline, it will. And you watch for my sons, Jude and Jake, and watch for my grandchildren. And when the day comes, my great-grandchildren, that we want our lives, our sowing, our reaping, our building barns to affect many generations. Amen. Let's go here. This is Joel 117. Joel 117. The seed shrivels under the clods. Why? Because the storehouses are in shambles. Barns are broken down, for the grain has withered. Can I say, when we allow, 
whether it's a church or our, our personal bank accounts, our savings, our checking, our long-term, our short-term, our 401k, our retirement, when we let that to be broken down, then can I tell you the seed, our monies begin to shrivel and we begin to live check to check. Let's do a couple more, Luke 12, 18. Luke 12, 18. So he said, I will do this. It's a wealthy, wealthy man. He says he was clothed in fine purple linen. He probably had a purple hat, purple cane, purple suit, purple shoes. He says, I will do this. I will pull down my barns. Why? And build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. But that night his soul was required of him. You see, prosperity isn't just at the end of our life. We have all this in our accounts and we're not worried about money because that could be so. But then we enter eternity and we have nothing to show for the life we lived on the earth. Let's go to one more. Genesis 41, 49. Genesis 41, 49. Joseph gathered very much grain as sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable everyone say build say so re build uh, i work out try to uh, sometimes a young high school student come pastor Jude, you need to put more weight on that go bro i'm gonna be 64. i am a miracle shut up I go, I'm not putting more weight on it. Because when I squat more weight, the next day it's like, oh, my knees, my knees, my knee. Or I put too much on oh, my shoulder. You know what's weird? Look at me, young people. I never thought of my knees. I never thought of my shoulders. Let me tell you another thing I never really thought of. You could ask my wife. She would say this, not because I'm saying it, my kids would say it. My twin sister would say it. I'm one of the most generous people I know. And I gave and I gave and I gave. But my Terry, when I read that scripture, actually I started crying and I realized I wasn't upset with Becky about money. I was upset with our God because I felt in my experience, I had given a lot more than I had received. And he's, that's when he challenged me. And he said, Jude, you have given, you have received, but you never built the barn. And I realized, I want you to follow me. It's not just saving. It's not just investing. It's your work. Let's think about Mike Rovner. He was a drug dealer. They called him Marijuana Mike. He would become a sheet rocker. He started Rovner Construction. And for 30 plus years, three decades, that's all he's done. He plank after plank after plank after plank, building barns. And now those barns are so filled, uh, it's staggering. And I begin to think when I was a youth pastor in my 30s, I memorized the book of 2 Timothy. And the Lord, after I did it, he did. He, he ministered to me. He spoke to me. He said, now you've done this. Doors were open and people will invite you to come and preach and teach and they'll pay you to do that. From that moment in 1992 to this one, I will turn down more invitations that I'd ever get and I never handed out one card. And what I began to think we all have 
tools to build a barn. It may be you working at Starbucks. It may be you being promoted with the city or Costco. And, and you're, you're excellent at your job every time. Come on, seed is not just money. Seed is my money, my time, my gift, my relationship, how I volunteer at church, how I work in the ministry. People would come all the time, Pastor you we want a youth ministry like yours. I'd say, okay, you do? Yeah, we want the youth ministry. They were looking at the numbers of the youth ministry because we had 800. I said, you really, you want what we have? Then stay at one local church for over 15 years and you may plant enough seed to have a ministry that will outlive you and outlast you. Can I say sowing, reaping, and gathering into barn? God, and you know the greatest barn is the local church. And God is a sowing, reaping God. God gave his best seed. Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. He not only gave him as a seed to live, Jesus said, unless a seed falls to the ground, it abides alone. But if it goes to the ground and it is planted and it dies, then it comes forth, comes up a harvest. So God sowed in Jesus for the joy set before him. Why would he go to the cross? Because he was the greatest example. I'm giving my life. I'm laying my life down that I could take it up again. That's reaping. And for the joy set before him, he endured. Why? Because he saw you and I. God planted one son. Now he has many sons, many daughters. And what is the barn it is the local church we have a barn that's filled and we're going to get another one and another one and another one into the harvest of the earth comes in for our god come on can you give the lord a shout and a hand clap stand up my goodness people everyone say amen and even janet come on she would start off in the cosmetology field Shampoo girl, styling hair, cutting hair. Now she owns one of the top salons. That's a barn, but it started with a plank. Put your hands just out here. I wanna pray for all of us that we will have God's view of money. That it's gonna take sowing, it's gonna take reaping, but we have to build. Would you look at me for a minute? I'll be 64 in a little bit over a week. Never once in my life have I ever worried about money. Never. My parents were affluent. One of the greatest gifts they gave my sister and I was stability. Stability. Money was never an issue. They never, we, we, we didn't even think that. The first time, just do this, I'm doing it. About two weeks ago, I don't know if this happens right before you turn 64. When we were, I was 35, Becky was 31, is when we started putting away in our 401k. That's dumb. That's not God's fault. That was Jude's fault. Just like these knees. I could wear these Japanese pants, but it doesn't make my knees younger. 
And so the other night I went to bed and honestly I had a panic attack. I never had them. And I thought when Becky and I in another season, in that sunset season, did we build a big enough barn? Did we save enough? Because I thought, Lord, my boys, they are not my source. I don't have a daughter. A daughter is a daughter for the rest of your life. A son is a son until he finds a wife. God, it's you and me, babe. Why would I blame that on God? Why would I blame that on God? I want to say something to all of you. Money wouldn't have been an issue with me if I stayed with Procter & Gamble. But my call and Becky's call, our call. She's a respiratory therapist. She felt called when Jake was five years old not to work, that she could give her heart to the boys in the church. That meant we had to be more intentional about building that barn. Can you say amen? Okay, let's pray. Father, we come and I bless your people. I bless them with the power and the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I come in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I pray, O oh Lord, we trust you. We trust you with all our heart. We lean not into our own philosophy about money and finances and relationship in this thing called living. God, we come, we lean not to our understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge you. You will make our path straight. God, we don't want to be wise in our own eyes. We want to depart from evil, the evil of not trusting you. And God, we want to honor you. We want to give you first fruits. And God, I pray, show us how to sow, how to reap, and how to build a barn that in the days ahead, not only our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and future people who will come into the great kingdom of God through Jesus Christ in the local church. God, we do not want our seed to shrivel. We do not want our harvest to be eaten up. God, we build barns not only for us personally, but we commit to build the local church that men and women could come and uh, find Jesus Christ in a relationship with him. In your name, we believe. Now, just right where you're at, I'm going to count to three. You may believe in God, and that's awesome. But the Bible didn't say trust in the principle, trust in sowing and reaping. It said trust in the Lord. And maybe you've trusted God a little bit, not with all your heart. Today's your day. When I count to three, you're going to say, no, today I'm going all in. I'm trusting God with my mind, my intelligence. I am going to lean into God more than I lean into me and my culture. On three, you're going to raise your hand. You're saying, I'm trusting the Lord with all my heart. On three, one, you're saying all of it. On two, three, you're going to raise your hand. God, I am not going to lean into my own way. I'm going to trust you with all my heart. Three, right now, raise your hand. I want to look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on, stomp, shout over there. Eight. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. And I'm going to trust you.
with everything that's in me. Just stay there just for a minute. Hey, God, forgive us if we in any part of our minds thought we were more faithful than you, that we gave more than you gave. Hey, Lord, Jesus died. He gave his life. We gave 10%. How can that be compared to in life? God, forgive us. We move on from this day. We are going to trust you with our money and with our mind. In Jesus' name. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.